Good morning, everyone. Nice to see you all this morning. Uh, good morning to those that are joining us on, online, on Facebook, or uh, worshiping with us on the radio. Um, nice to have you all with us this morning. Um, before we get started, I want to uh, have, we've got a couple of announcements. Um, for those on Facebook, there was a post earlier this morning about uh, just what to expect next week as we uh, open up our, our service. Um, uh, so if you want to go and check that out later, um, you can look that up on Facebook. Um, next week, so we're going to open up our service. We're welcoming those that feel comfortable to worship in person to come and join us. Um, we don't know how, how, really an idea how many that's going to be, um, but uh, we're wanting to try to make this you know, as welcoming of a place for everyone that wants to come while still being respectful towards each other, keeping distance and, and all of that. So kind of with that in mind, um, next week, just as a reminder, we're reminding folks to please wear your mask as you come and go uh, from the service. Um, and uh, we are asking that as we sing songs, if everyone would please wear a mask. That's a uh, one of the, uh, and during church services, that would be the, the greatest place that it would be transmitted or, or spread from person to person would be while we're singing songs, and, which is too bad because that's a large part of our worship. That's a large part of who we are uh, as God's people worshiping God is with song. Um, but I think we can still do that if we're, you know, put a mask on and we can sing out. You just got to sing louder, though, because now you got a mask on. So you're just going to have to sing even louder than you did before. So. Um, but one other thing we're going to do is we're getting some wristbands, kind of like this little uh, silicone wristband I'm wearing, a couple of them. And um, we're going to provide these for everyone. And the idea behind that is that when you've got a certain color on, that lets everyone else know what your comfort level is. So if you've got a red wristband, kind of like this one that I've got on, um, that lets everyone know I'm here, but I'm not comfortable, so please keep your distance from me right? That kind of lets folks know, I'm here, but don't get too close. If you've got a yellow wristband, that lets folks know, I'm willing to have a conversation, but let's keep our distance. Don't be shaking hands or anything like that. And then we've got green wristbands that let folks know, I'm, I want to have conversation. I'm even willing maybe to fist bump, fist bump or shake hands, but you know, still respecting uh, you know, this distancing thing that we've got going on right now. So um, the idea behind it is, one, for other folks to know what your comfort level is, but also for you to know what their comfort level is. So let's say if I'm wearing a green wristband and I'm willing to go and just talk to everyone and maybe even shake hands with everyone, well, if you're not willing to shake my hand, that puts you in a very uncomfortable situation. And so just trying to save everyone from those uncomfortable conversations, those uncomfortable moments of... I'm not in the same comfort level they are. Um, really, this is a way of showing love, right? Loving others the way we love ourselves. This is what my comfort level is, and I want you to respect my comfort level. Well, then I also need to respect yours, right? And so just because we're all here in the same building may not mean that we're all just willing to just get in there and shake hands and be right next shoulder to shoulder with each other. It may mean that we just really miss worship, and we really need to come together and worship together as as we can. And so that's next week. We're going to have that in place, and we'll have the wristbands set up out here um, so that you can grab one of those and, uh, and wear that, and then we'll all know where, I guess, where we all stand, but well, or how far to stand, you know. We'll all know how far to stand, maybe is the right way to say that, I guess. So anyway, uh, welcome to our worship this morning. It's nice to see you. Here we are again, uh, you know, 
Pastor Dan started this sermon series and then skipped town on us. So that was thanks, Dan, for that. Um, uh, so we're going to wrap up our sermon series, and uh, we're getting ready to, to, uh, to start our worship this morning. I just want to thank you all for being here this morning and joining us um, wherever you are. Such a time where we just really, I think, we, I know so many miss worship like it used to be. So many just miss that connection with God, and as best as we can, we'll try to come together. Um, this morning, as online, we had some issues last week with the audio. Hopefully, we've got that figured out. Uh, we're still working on that moving forward, but next week, you're welcome to come and join us in person. But this week, let's all, uh, let's all stand as we uh, remember that as we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, that God comes and gathers with us. Christ is here with us. And so we light this candle to remind us that in, in this space or in online as we gather together, Christ is with us. Online, as you're watching, grab a candle and light for you to remember that Jesus is with you even where you are this morning. Holy God, we are here in this place. We are welcome, welcoming you into this place with us, Lord, as we gather in the name of Christ, as your people, as your children. Move this morning. Move our hearts, move our spirits closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all join our voices together in leaning on the everlasting arms.
This morning, I thought it would maybe be good for us to uh, join our voices together as, um, as we kind of remember what it is that we believe in, what it is we tr- put all of our faith and trust and hope into uh, through the Apostles' Creed that we've been given as this, uh, just kind of this, here's the basics of what we stand upon in our faith and trust in to guide us through this life and on into life beyond. Um, so if you would, please uh, join with me in saying the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He ascended into heaven, is seated at right hand of God the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, one holy church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let's all uh, join our voices together in Good, Good Father.
questions before we even ask. You know the answers that we need. You know what's missing in our lives. You know everything about us better than we even know ourselves. Fill us with your presence. Every place that we are empty, We pray that you just fill us. Every place that we are broken, that you would heal us. Every place that we are fearful, that you would calm those fears. Every place that we are filled with worry, that you would bring us peace. Then give us your presence that we may help fill those around us, heal brokenness, calm fears. Help provide the physical needs that so many in our community need. Holy God, you are an amazing God, and we love you so very much. We just pray that you would fill us completely, that we could be your people, fully knowing you and fully bringing you into this community. And so as your people, we come to you now as Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
children saved by grace perfected in love we are your children filled with your mighty presence Lord through your word and through your spirit remind us who we are that we may faithfully respond this morning surrounding surrendering our lives to you forsaking our egos and our pride laying ourselves humbly at your feet saying Lord, I am yours. Drench us in your grace so that we may never be the same again after this morning. In your presence, by your grace and love shown to us through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray to you. We welcome you into our lives. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Amen. 
You are a child of God. Sons and daughters of the one who shows perfect love, shows amazing grace, shows overwhelming kindness, shows deep, brings deep conviction, brings loving rebuking, and then complete compassion. You are a child of of God. So, how is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with this with this being that loves us so much to show all this grace and these these amazing things that we learn about in God's Word, all these things that we spoke of earlier that our faith are based upon. How's your relationship with that God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Um, As I mentioned, Dan started a a sermon series a couple weeks ago, and um, we've been talking about a couple things, um, but I think what we're talking about today, our relationship with God directly affects the other things we've talked about already. The, the, however close we are with God, however deep our relationship is with God, however strong that relationship is, affects how we live our lives in this world. It affects how we, we do those other two things that we talked about. Um, you know, Wesley, uh, Dan mentioned that John Wesley had these uh, three general rules for the early Methodist uh, societies that he believed that if we would follow these three simple rules, we would be living truly the Christian life, what it means to be Christian. And the first one is, do no harm. Do no harm to others in your words or your actions. Do no harm through, through anything that you would do. Just do no harm. The other one is, is to do good. Do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can for as long as you ever can. Do what you can to bring the goodness of God into the world around you. Now, originally, uh, when, when Wesley had these three rules, um, or these three guidelines, really, just uh, directing us um, as Christians, he, he called this third one, tending to the ordinances of God. That we would, uh, it just simply means doing the things that Scripture tells us we ought to do to grow in our relationship with God. The things that we ought to do so that our relationship with God is, is, is not only there, but actually growing and becoming stronger and stronger in our lives. So in the Bible, it actually tells us that, that we are to pray, right? And that's one of the things we're instructed to do is uh, we're instructed to pray and uh, pray. There's many examples that we have, uh, Jesus and many others that we see praying, praying privately by themselves, but also praying in gatherings together, in corporate prayer. We see that we're supposed to do, the, uh, supposed to do that we also see uh, in the Bible, the Bible tells us to read the Bible. It tells us to read God's Word, to, to read Scripture, to study and meditate upon the Scriptures that we are given that tell us what, who God is and help us to understand more about God, more, which helps us to understand more about ourselves as well. So the Bible tells us, read your Bible. We're also told in Scripture that we should uh, observe the sacraments, that we should be baptized, that we should... Uh, regularly receive the bread and the cup of the Lord's Supper. And we're told that we should worship. We're told to fast, which is probably the one that falls off the most is the fasting one. But we're told to do these things in Scripture, to regularly do these things, that they should be a part of our regular, everyday life, uh, that these things should be um, involved 
uh, or should be actions that we are regularly doing for us to stay in love with God, to, to keep growing deeper and deeper into God's love. In Paul's letter to the, the Colossians, um, Paul said that his, his hope was that they would know the wonderful riches of God that are given in grace through Christ and received by faith in Christ. That's kind of how this works, right? God offers grace. God, this is always, this grace is just always around us being offered to us and it's there through Christ offered to us and by our faith in Christ is the way we receive these gifts of grace into our lives. And so Paul, um, this is his hope, that they would know what the mysteries of God and all the riches of knowing God in their lives would know this uh, through Christ. And he goes on to say in chapter 2, verse 6, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in putting off of the sinful nature, not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. This is the word of our holy God. In our uh, baptism, part of our baptism is that that uh, our life of, of sin, our, our death, our uh, spiritual corruption is all put to death with Christ as Christ died. And then through our baptism, we arise to new life in Christ. We arise to new life in, in God's love. And so to speak, as Paul says here, we, we become kind of spiritually planted in this grace. We, we, come, we arise to this new life, and, and our new life is, is spiritually planted in this grace of God. And Paul uses this kind of this illustration of, of being rooted. He says, be, be rooted and built up in him. A life that is spiritually rooted in this love and grace of God is what we're supposed to be living. And so you kind of think of, well, obviously trees have roots. This is kind of an illustration he gives of roots. And the, tree, the roots of the trees dig down deep into the ground, and the, the, the taller the tree, the deeper the roots, right? They the, just keep growing deeper and deeper, and they're soaking up all the moisture, and they're soaking up all the nutrients they can get, so this tree will keep growing bigger and stronger and uh, be this beautiful tree, just strong, providing fruit, providing shade. This beautiful tree all gets its strength from its roots growing deeper and deeper, and so Paul says that we are to grow deeper and deeper. Our roots are to be going deeper and deeper into God's grace, soaking up God's nutrients, so to speak. Well, then what are the nutrients of God that we're supposed to be soaking up? Well, they are joy, love, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all those things that we, we know, uh, fruits of the Spirit, these things that God shows to us, these characteristics God brings to us that God's filling us with, pouring these things into our lives. And what we see is that God is not some distant God in a galaxy far, far away. God is right 
here. God is always present, always around us. God is always knocking, always inviting, always calling us into closer relationship with God, into deeper relationship with God. Kind of as we sang earlier in the song, uh, that, and you call me deeper still, and you call me deeper still, and you call me deeper still, that God just keeps calling us. No matter where we are in our relationship with God, God is calling us deeper still into his love, deeper into this relationship that we have with God. So no matter where we are, there's still a little deeper we can go in our relationship. For us to not only stay in love with God, but actually grow deeper in love with God, we have to attend to these ordinances that are the means by which we receive God's grace into our lives. Things like read your Bible, pray, go to church, which has been tough, but we can still worship, right? Even online, on the radio, the best we can. We receive communion regularly, which has been tough lately, but we can still do that. We can still offer some kind of remembrance of what this meal means and an accepting of God's grace. These things are so important of how we receive God's nutrients into our lives so that we would grow stronger and be built up in Christ. This is nothing probably new to you, right? Have you ever heard a pastor tell you to read your Bible before? Probably. At least three times a year for your entire life. What about a pastor telling you to pray, you should go to church? Nothing new, right? You've heard this in your entire lives. Pastors tell you that. But there's a reason. It's because they're important. This is how our relationship with God grows. This is how we go deeper still. God speaks to us through these words. These divinely inspired words put on paper thousands of years ago, to people that lived on the other side of the planet still speak to us in this lousy year of 2020 right here in little old Cameron, Missouri. God speaks to us through this word. God speaks to us and moves us through prayer. God encourages us and builds us up through worship. God fills us and empowers us through communion. It's so important that we do these things because this is how God fills us and comes into our lives. And we do these things by faith, expecting to receive some of God, that we may be stronger in our faith, that we may be stronger against whatever we may face, because who knows what's coming next in this year with everything going on. We grow in our, in our faith, we grow in our trust in God by these simple means that we as pastors keep telling you to do. These ordinances, these means of grace, they are what pull us closer and closer to the heart of God, really. That they, they kind of pull us in and they bring us closer and closer, that we feel God's love even more than we did before and we love God in return even more than we did before. As we get closer closer to this heart of God, we, we start to desire what God desires. We start to, to love the way God loves. We start to see brokenness the way God sees brokenness. We start to see hurt where God sees hurt. We start to become compassionate the way God is compassionate. The closer we get 
to God, the more and more we start to look like Jesus. The more and more we start to become that perfect image of God that we're created to be. I kind of think it's like, you know, as God's, you know, extending this grace to us, you know, a lot of times we're, we try to receive it like, here I am, okay, God's given us something, offering us this wonderful gift, this peace, this presence, and we're just kind of like, okay, we want to receive it and say, okay, now I've got it. I've got it with me. But I think God is like, kind of like, there was a commercial, um, I don't remember if it was a Geico commercial or something, there was, a, there was this older gentleman that had a fishing pole and a dollar bill on the end of the fishing pole, and he was dangling it in front of this person, and they were reaching out to grab it, and he kept pulling it away from him. He's like, oh, you almost got it. You almost got it, right? They're trying to grab this dollar bill, and he would pull it away from him. Well, I don't think God's quite like that. Like, he does, he's toying with us or playing with us, but I think he dangles it out there just enough that here I am, if you would just come a little closer. And so we have to just take a little step and receive it. We can't take it and stay where we are. I think we have to take just a little step closer to God and bring it in. And God says, and I call you deeper still. There's more for you. There's a deeper relationship with you right here. We can't just reach out and grab it and pull it to us. We've got to step closer to God and receive it. And God says, oh, no, there's more to come. There's a deeper relationship even than this. So we've got to take another little step. And we keep getting closer and closer and closer to that heart of God. God draws us deeper. He pulls us. He invites us to come into deeper relationship with him than we ever even thought was possible. But we've got to take that little step and receive it. How do we take those little steps? Read your Bible. Pray. Go to church. Receive communion. Fast. A lot of times when I talk to folks that are, that are struggling in their faith, it's, yeah, yeah, I know I should read my Bible. Yeah, I know I should pray more. And they kind of kick the ground. You know, they're upset. I know I should do these things. Well, that's probably part of the reason why we're struggling is we're not doing the things that invites God into our lives, that accepts what God is offering to bring the fulfillment that we're looking for, to fill the emptiness that we're experiencing, to provide the direction that we need. We're not doing the things that welcome the way God is wanting to be a part of our lives. We're wanting to take a step back to where we are into our own life, into our own situation, into who we are and by our, our own uh, understanding and bring God to us. God's saying that's not quite how it works. You come to me. I can't go to where you are and make sense of the chaos. I can't come to where you are and make sense of the hurt always because sometimes there's no real explanation for the chaos and the hurt in this world. But if you would come just a little closer to me, I can help you understand who you are in this chaos, who you are in this hurt. Instead of trying to bring God to where we are, we're supposed to take a step toward where God is which is really right here, present with us all along. It's just going towards God and not trying to bring God back towards us. Because when we go, when we go towards God, we find purpose. We find understanding of who we are created to be in God, who we are 
filled to be, who we are saved to be in Christ, the deeper we are rooted in the grace that is shown to us through Jesus Christ, the stronger we grow in the Father's love, and the more fruit we start to see of the Spirit in the lives that we're living. There was a, a, a bishop named Reuben Job in the United Methodist Church. Um, he wrote this book about these three simple rules. And uh, Reuben Job has this uh, quote. Dustin, have you got that ready? He says, Living in the presence of and in harmony with the living God is to find our moral direction, our wisdom, our courage, our strength to live faithfully from the one who authored us, called us, sustains us, and sends us into the world as witnesses who daily practice the way of living with Jesus. Living in this uh, relationship with God is, is to find out who we are, who we are created to be, and then empowered to go and be that person so that others would find out who they are, who they're supposed to be. Because ideally, or not ideally, but truly who we are are children of God, right? I am a child of God, and so are you. And so is everyone around us. So the deeper we understand this relationship with God, the deeper we are in that love with God, the more it just kind of starts to become a part of our everyday living, the more it becomes a part of who we are, and all of a sudden others start to see maybe that's who they are too. All of a sudden we're not doing harm, we're doing more good, we're just more aware of what's going on. We're seeing the hurt and the brokenness. We become a part of what's happening. We become a part of, of the role God's playing in the hurt and the brokenness. We become a part of what God's doing to bring peace. We become a part of what God is already doing through his grace in this community around us. We just become a part of it. So maybe those little steps that we're taking aren't even so much that we're trying to just bring God into our own little personal world. Maybe what it is is slowly... God is leading us out through our brokenness, through our hurt, healing us along the way, leading us out into this world of brokenness and hurt around us so that others can see the healing that is happening and maybe they can experience that themselves. By the way, isn't it horrible that we have to be told do no harm? And isn't it just a little bit embarrassing as Christians we have to be reminded to do good? I kind of think it is. Um, and as I was reading these um, simple rules about do no harm, do good, I thought, you know, it's too bad that I have to be reminded these things. Maybe if I was just so deep in this love with God, if I just kept going deeper still and deeper still and deeper still, Maybe I wouldn't have to be reminded to do no harm. Maybe I wouldn't have to be reminded to do all I can to bring God's goodness around me because I'd already be doing it. If this is our faith, if we truly believe this, it should probably just consume our lives so much that we completely embody the title child of God. I truly think that. I truly believe that. So this morning... No matter how close you are with God, God is inviting you deeper still. 
God is calling you deeper still. God is pulling you deeper still. So how will you respond? Let's all uh, join our voices together and take time to be holy. God, we are so thankful for your never-ending, ever-present grace. Call us, urge us, pull us. And if we're not responding, knock us over the head a little bit, that we would take that little step and receive your grace deeper and deeper into your love as you lead us further and further into the community around us to share your love and grace. In Christ's name, amen. May you run and not be weary. May your heart be filled.
Your life be filled with joy.